Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So today we wanted to talk about these uh, interesting changes that were announced about the App Store today. Uh, as of as of the time we recorded, they were announced about an hour ago. Uh, Apple has officially recognized the speed of apps of app review times being being improved. Some updates to the uh, auto renewing subscription plans and some expansions of capabilities to subscriptions there. And then number three is uh, they've announced that search ads will be coming to the App Store. What do you say we talk about the uh, subscription changes? Sure. So as best we can tell, and there's a great page, uh, we'll have a link to it in the show notes of like the what's new in subscriptions that Apple's laid out. So there's some good color you kind of get from Phil's interview, but the real meat of it is on uh, developer.apple.com. And it seems like there's two or three big deals. One is that you can now essentially offer auto-renewing subscriptions in any app type. This used to be really... Somewhat of a vaguely defined rule, but you had to be a magazine or a cloud services company or a dating site, I think were the three things that you could do. Yeah, it was always, this rule has always been very vague. It used to only be like periodic content. First, it used to be only be newsstand, like in the very, very first uh, yeah. implementation of it back in 2011. And then it, it, it kind of expanded to be like, well, you could be newsstand or it could be a handful of things that re- that had like you know recurring costs like cloud services company like i know evernote started using it very early on for their premium service and it was the kind of thing where you could apply to do it and you could submit an app that did it and it seemed fairly inconsistent as to what got through app review for that and what didn't and what counted as like an ongoing service or ongoing content and what didn't count and so it was it was always very um kind of risky to attempt to do that if you were just like an app that wanted subscription revenue for for some other reason outside of those narrowly defined boxes yeah and so now that seems like that's those kind of criterias are going away and any app category or type is available i think i mean that honestly that's that's still left a little bit vague and in the language on on the page it's still left a little bit vague um it's it still kind of sounds like, okay, now any app category can do this, but you still should be offering some kind of like ongoing service backing it or some kind of ongoing content delivery. So it's still a little like, so if you just made like a really good calculator that didn't have a service behind it, I, I it's not entirely clear that you would be allowed to subscription price it. Yeah, and I think that is probably the most significant thing to note is that it does seem like the, the like on in on the developer page they're talking about the types of auto renewable subscriptions are for content or for services, and so it doesn't sound like in the sense of if you wanted to just say like here's my app and you will pay me whatever a few dollars a month a year to use this going forward um, that you would be able to you'd there'd have to be something that you were giving the user on an ongoing basis and i'm sure there's many ways around that like you can just kind of structure something in your app that will make that you know check that box um, but it doesn't sound like in in if you were just trying to do like a general purpose if you want to use my app you have to pay that doesn't sound like that's quite there um cause, but it's expanding it certainly more. And I imagine as we, this gets rolled out and people start sort of pushing the edges of it, we'll have a better understanding of exactly what that means. But 
at the very least, more people are going to be able to do subscriptions than could do subscriptions before. Yeah, and it seems like the implementation of them is certainly improving, but it seems like it's based on the auto-renewing subscription type that we've had since 2011. Uh, it, you know, it's it's still, it isn't like some kind of separate app store payment structure, like, you know, free versus paid up front. Like, it's not going to be like automatic, it seems like. It's going to be a lot more like what we had before, which is here's an in-app purchase type. You have to, as a developer, you have to code the support for this in-app purchase type in your app. You probably have to write the backing service to validate them. I'm not sure there's going to be like, I'm sure there's companies that will do that for you for a fee. Uh, But, you know, you are still kind of manually implementing this in your app. So it's not, it's not as easy as, you know, if you have a paid app, a paid up front app, you literally just like set a box in iTunes Connect saying this app costs X dollars and you don't have to deal with anything else ever again uh, in, you know, in relation to collecting money from people. It's not going to be that easy. It's, it's still an in-app purchase that you have to code for, you have to account for in your app. Ultimately, though, I think this is the better way to do it because this gives you flexibility in the app to do things like what if you know? What if you want to have some amount of your app's functionality or content be available with, without subscribing? And then have some other section of it be available with the subscription. Then you know this allows you to set that balance yourself. So that I think is is the right way to do this. Ultimately, though, this is you know assuming that that they will allow all apps to use this, which again, it's, it's the wording is kind of vague. Um, I, I think it boils down to this this one sentence on on the page on their site, which says. Although all categories of apps will be eligible, this business this business model is not appropriate for every app. So I guess it depends on their definition of eligible and appropriate. <laughs> does that mean does appropriate mean they don't recommend we do it, or does appropriate mean they won't let us do it? Uh, so that's that's again still unknown. But I think subscription pricing is a really really interesting compromise to what developers have been asking for in the app store for a long time which is like you know upgrades trials some some kind of way to make money from people ongoing because software as we've discussed before you know software people expect ongoing functionality they expect updates they expect bug fixes they expect you to be putting in effort to improve and fix your software over time for them and so when they pay for it, they expect not only am I paying for this software to use now, I'm paying for upgrades forever. Like that's basically, you know, as much as developers like to like to fight against that with things like different versions and paid upgrades, the way people perceive it is I pay for this thing and therefore I expect updates forever. And so to, to try to try to track the balance between like what users want which is paying either zero or one time (laughs) and then getting things forever and versus what we need, which is ongoing revenue to fund the development of these ongoing things and to fix things over time and to improve things over time. Um, Subscriptions, I think, are a really good compromise there because, look, we're never going to get paid upgrades in the App Store. We're never going to get, like, automated free trials. This is this... They're giving us this system now. They gave us uh, in-app purchase at first to, to kind of first semi-simulate free trials and types of upgrades sort of and now they're giving us subscriptions to to basically replace ongoing upgrade revenue uh and there's some ups there's some downs but i think it's pretty clear this is apple's message this is this is them saying like we're not giving you those other things this is what we're giving you figure out a way to make this work for you or to make the other stuff that we already offer through an app purchase work for you and there's the user side of this of course is is a big question mark uh but the the developer side of this i think is is very very clear now is if you want ongoing revenue 
you, you know, for for people who just use your app, if you want ongoing revenue, you need to either find a way to to, to convince them to pay for this for a subscription price like this, or you have to do something like advertising, where you, you just kind of automatically get paid with with usage of your app over time. Um, I don't know. What what do you think? I, it's definitely a mixed feeling that I have when I when I saw this news because. On the one hand, I'm very glad that something is happening. Like, I mean, we've talked about for many episodes, like there's a lot of things that feel not great in the App Store. And for years, it's felt like nothing was ever going to change. Like what we had is just what it was. And that's where it was going to be in eternity. And I'm very excited that things are changing that whether this is a result of Phil Schiller taking over the App Store more fully um, or if it was just time for this to happen or whatever the reason, something has caused this like changes to start happening. The things are starting to sort of bubble up in the app store and are, are changing, which overall I'm pretty excited about because I think things weren't in a great place. And I mean, you never know. It could be worse overall in the end, but I'd rather have I'd rather sort of find my way in a store that was evolving and changing because um, in a lot of ways, like being a small developer, there's a lot of benefits when things are more in flux because I can try things out with much less overhead and kind of dive in and there's less risk than if I was a bigger company. I can be a bit more flexible and agile in that way. So overall, I'm, I, I like that. I'm not sure if an, an, ex, an expansion of auto-renewable subscriptions is like fundamentally going to improve the situation in terms of making a viable business in the app store. It's, I think the types of applications where it will make sense, um, exist, um, but they are more and more limited. Um, and the thing that I worry about as a user is if this is where software goes, but like if all of my software requires an ongoing subscription to have, there's a very, I, I think you'll hit a fatigue point with that where uh, customers won't want to download software or new software if in their mind it's going to come, you know, come with it a monthly charge of a dollar a month or whatever it is um, into their, you know, on their iTunes account every single month in order to use any of the apps. And if they stop paying, all of a sudden all their apps stop working. And so I would, I would imagine a lot of customers would, you know, fight against, would push against that. And in many ways, that could push even stronger uh, pressure towards the just sort of like software being free model where the expectation is that it'll be free. And the reality is in the App Store right now, I mean, and this is my own experience from trying every business model known to man, is that <laughs> the most success I've ever had is in the just sort of give it all away for free and put ads in it model, which I, I, I don't love, but... I have a hard time believing that the percentage of my customers who would be willing to pay a non-insignificant amount. I mean, one thing that I'm very curious about is there's a bunch of stuff in here about um, different, like 200 different price points, and you can specify different price points in different territories, and there's a lot more flexibility there. And I'm really intrigued to see if we're going to get something where the payments that you that we are charging. Um, can be lower or like in, in a way that charging somebody a couple of dollars a year may be much, maybe a bit more palatable than charging them a minimum of 99 cents per month, which I believe is the, in the current form of uh, auto renewing in a 
purchases. That's the lowest tier you could do is a dollar a month. And maybe it's, uh, maybe I'm being a, a, a little uh, hard, hard on my own software, but I, exp- I don't think a lot of people would view a lot of what I make as worth more than that, where they're paying $12, $12 a year for it. And, but maybe they would be willing to pay a few dollars a year for it. Um, and so if there's those types of things, that's interesting to me. Um, and I'm also quite interested in the way that like in-app purchase or auto-renewing in-app purchase has a lot of flexibility in it, like the actual fundamental API as it exists today. And I imagine going forward where it has built-in support for things like free trials and bonus periods and things where you can have a bit more flexibility about the way the person, you know, someone is being onboarded into paying for your soft for your you know for your software or for your service um so that's certainly nice in terms of a lot of people have been asking for years for free trials on the app store and with in-app purchase you can sort of get there you know exactly how that goes like is going to be an interesting thing to navigate an app review of app review typically doesn't allow your app to be uh, have a time-limited free trial, but you can sort of get around that if your app is tied to an online service. And so will we be able to work something out there? But like I said, overall, it's kind of this weird mixed feeling of, I feel like I'm glad that this is changing. I really hope this isn't the only change that we're going to see in the near future. Um, but I think it's a good thing overall that it's happening. And the reality is, if, even if maybe only if a, a few, a, a very particular genre of application will now be made more viable, maybe that's that's enough. I don't have it doesn't have to benefit me or you necessarily. But if all of a sudden there's a you know a few hundred developers who can now make a viable run at the App Store, like that sounds great overall. Yeah, I mean, and you know, as you said, like I don't think this is going to address. You know, the, the, there are basically two challenges that that are that developers face for monetization in the app store. Two big ones. One of which, one of those challenges is when people do want to give you money, our options for how to collect that money have been limited, and this addresses that head on. This gives a lot more developers a way to collect money in a different way that might be a better way that might earn them more over time. And the second challenge that developers face with monetization is that there's just so many other apps out there that it's hard to convince people to pay anything for your app if there's a million other free ones that do something close enough. And this don't this is not going to address that at all. I do I do kind of argue though in general that that's not really Apple's problem. That's that's our problem as developers. Like the, that's just the market. The, the market is full of competition and full of alternatives and if somebody else can do can offer the same thing for us that that we can uh, for cheaper then you know good on them like that's that's their prerogative and so i i don't i I think this is apple doing what they can to help apps that are worth paying for uh earn more money or or collect money more easily uh and and to solve you know ongoing revenue in in a new way which before we we only had basically we had crappy ways to do it before and now we have a less crappy way to do it potentially um i have in the past written about how much i didn't like the implementation of auto renewing subscriptions uh i i'm reserving judgment of this new one until i see it and possibly even use it for for my subscriptions we'll see but um i i they say they're changing it this is like you know subscriptions 2.0 they're saying so i'm willing to give it a shot um it we'll see if it's improved in 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 meaningful ways it sounds it sounds from the language on the page that that it has so 
I will wait and see on that. The other, before we quickly leave this topic, the, the other thing to talk about on the, on the subscription front is that they, they're changing their revenue split. Uh, that they are, so normally the revenue split is 70-30, Apple gets, uh, we get 70, Apple gets 30. For, for auto-renewing subscriptions of this new type, uh, or all, actually, for auto-renewing subscriptions, they're, they're changing the split from 70-30 to 85-15 after the first year. So any subscriber you've had for more than a year, you will start to earn more from them. You'll, you'll, you'll start to earn 85% instead of 70%. So this is basically incentivizing you to create, you know, it, it's, if you have a way to make money from people over time, this is incentivizing you to both use this system for, for doing that and to, to make something that is worth people subscribing to for more than a year. And that's kind of cool. And it's, it's kind of cool to see, you know, this is... This is the um, the first exception to the seventy thirty rule, um, at least that's been publicized in the history of the App Store. There, I, I was able to find an article um, on uh, I think it was Recode that I'll link to uh, in the show notes um, from back in April that said that some of the video services on the Apple TV were, were getting this eighty five fifteen deal right up front um, as part of the negotiation with Apple. But other than that, I have never heard of any exceptions to the, to the 70-30 split. So I think this is interesting. And it's interesting to consider, too, like where Apple might go with the, seven, with the 85-15 option in the future. Uh, they can use this as a way to incentivize development uh, to in a certain way or on certain platforms that need help. So, for instance, they could, you know, if, if Apple TV isn't getting enough developer attention, they could say, all right, now everything on Apple TV is 85-15. Uh, if, if they wanted to incentivize people to go to the Mac App Store, they could say, all right, now all Mac App Store apps are 85-15. So something interesting, interesting to consider is like using, using this, this new lower, um, lower commission, basically, so we make more money as a way to incentivize different development or apps on different platforms that, that need incentives to, to spur development. Exactly. And I think the, the actual like impact of this in this narrow case is it's nice. I mean, I guess if I had a subscription that had more than a year's long like subscriber base, I'd love it. Like one day my revenue just goes up a little, but like by far the more fundamental thing that this is really intriguing with is it's the first sort of chink in the in my in the like well it will always be seventy thirty for everything forever, and if that's no longer true and it's like demonstrably not true that in this particular case they're changing the split. What else could they change the split on? Like you said, driving um, they can incentivize whatever they want, and that's intriguing. You know, our, you could imagine things where it's a different revenue split for the first revenue you make in a year to try and help smaller developers. Um, you could imagine you know, trying to encourage people to different platforms to try different incentivize different business models. There's all kinds of things that not having it be strictly 70-30 everywhere you know, can certainly make the imagination run wild with. And so you know, it's certainly a good thing. I don't think it's a, like an, if, if your business wasn't viable at 70-30, having to wait a year for it to switch to 85-15 to become viable seems a little bit of a stretch. Um, but it's certainly, you know, I'll take it. It's better than nothing for sure. Our sponsor this week is Braintree. Now, we talk about ease of payment, right? This, this is a perfect sponsor for this week. Why make payment integration more difficult than it has to be? Braintree's powerful full-stack payment platform allows you to accept nearly any type of payment from any device with just one integration. 
Braintree is flexible to your system's needs and supports most languages. So whether you're using Java, Ruby, Python, whatever else, you will always have a range of server-side and client-side SDKs available. The Braintree code supports Android, iOS, and JavaScript as well, and it takes just 10 lines of code to implement. Braintree makes payments and your job a whole lot easier. Learn more at braintreepayments.com slash radar. That's it once again, braintreepayments.com slash radar. Thanks to Braintree for sponsoring our show once again. All right, so let's talk about uh, App Store search ads. This was rumored a few a few weeks or months ago, and uh, it, now it apparently is real. They are really doing App Store search ads. And uh, so uh, what do you think? I'm not delighted that's for sure um the things that i think so probably is good at paint paint a word picture as they say for what's happening is in the app store when you go to the search tab and you type in what you're you know what you're looking for there will now be potentially a ad at the top of that screen um you can get an example of this if you go to the the search ads page in our show notes um and the placement there is going to be based on an auction and a combination of who's willing to pay the most for that spot, as well as some vague relevance metric. Um, but essentially, people are going to be able to pay money to appear in the App Store search tab um, at, at the top of the results, which is pretty a, a pretty big deal. Um, like Apple even says on their page that about 65% of downloads come from searching in the App Store. So uh, you know, a substantial majority is going to be coming from there. And... The things that come to mind first when I see this is this really is unfortunate for apps that are currently the second search result for a particular term. Because they're going to fall uh, off the screen. Because previously, like back in the old days, when you would did a search, you would be able to see maybe like five or six results at once. Then they switched to the cards view we have now where your first two screenshots or a screenshot and your app preview are shown on that first screen. And so they take up a lot more vertical space. And so you can see the top, top result and the teeny little bit of the second result. And now if there's an ad, you're only ever going to see that top result and the paid ad. Um, so that's a little unfortunate because I've definitely seen in my own apps where if you fall off that first page, like if, if the user has to scroll, it's a substantial reduction in user interest, views on your page, etc. So that's a pretty big deal if now only two apps are going to be shown in the, in the initial search screen. One of them is paid to get there, and the other one is just the top result. So if you're the top result, like, hooray, things are looking good for you. If you're the second result or below, it's getting worse. Um, and then there's just, a, like, the fundamental thing about it when I look at it that feels it feels weird to have to pay to show up in search rather than search just being really relevant and helpful. And I can see the areas where something like this is helpful, where if you're launching a new app and you, you know, you're never going to be the first search result on your first day. And so you want to try and find your way into that. Like you can do a big spend on that first day and hope, you know, hope that it really helps your launch. Um, and that sort of makes sense. And it makes a lot of sense, I suppose, for somewhat generic terms. But what I worry about a lot is how is that how they're going to police and manage, you know, when someone searches for a specific app, you know, so someone goes into the app store and searches for pedometer plus plus. And my competitor, like right now, if you go into the app store and search pedometer plus plus, I'm the number one result, which 
intuitively makes sense. Um, but if I, in the future, you do that search, the top result is going to be a competitor of mine who wants to be placed on the top there. That feels really weird. And am I going to have to pay for that? Like, am I going to have to start paying, uh, like protection money to keep people searching for my app's name relevant to me, you know, so that I would be the both, I guess the paid result and the natural result, like that starts to feel really weird and awkward and not great. But I mean, I don't know if this, this seems, it's like if that, this is the new reality, then I'm just going to deal with that and try as best I can to work it out, work it to my favor. But I definitely have a lot more apprehension about this than I do about the subscriptions change. Honestly, I, I'm excited about search ads because like if you look through their page it seems like it's it's more complicated and both both more simple and more complicated than than what i would have guessed um it is auction based which i think is good um and if you look they have like a little screenshot uh, of the interface to buy one of these ads and they say also like it says um ads will only be shown if it's relevant to the search query if an ad is not relevant to what the user is looking for it will not be shown regardless of how much you're willing to pay so that means it, it it sounds like they're going to try to make it impossible for you to like keyword spam in in a way that would be kind of odd or uncomfortable um or or inappropriate. I'm curious to see how that works out in practice. That sounds really great if it works. Um and also it looks like you can kind of let them kind of like place you automatically if you want to or you can add in certain keywords that you want to be that you want to like bid on also but it seems like it's a fairly high level uh buying process rather than like a low level. All right. Whenever you just search for, search for this exact string, I will pay up to up to five dollars to be to be on that first spot. Like it isn't quite that rigid, or that or that specific. It looks like so. I am really curious to see how they do this as a developer. Like I right now, it's like okay. Well, right now, Overcast is growing at a rate that's okay, but I'd like it to grow faster. I'm willing to pay a little bit for that. How do I do that? I mean, the App Store is the perfect like App Store search is the perfect place for me to do that. As far as I know, before I'm before I've ever done it, it seems like it'd be the perfect place to do that. I'm willing to pay money if somebody searches for like podcasts to to be in that top slot. I'm like I'm willing to try that, and so to have this new option to grow my app, if it's done tastefully, which it looks like it might be, uh, this honestly looks very promising the way that on this page they've set up here. I would love to have that option and. It looks like it's probably not going to make it impossible for other apps to get discovered because it's so limited to like what people can buy and and, and you know what portion of the screen is devoted to this ad. I think it looks like it's going to be good, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think it's going to take a lot of experimentation of actually you know trying the system out, spending a, you know maybe a few hundred dollars buying some ads first and see like we know what works, what doesn't. There's a lot of ways to advertise for apps, and most of them don't work very well. Uh, this one might work. So I'm excited, you know, I think this will be, I think this, this could be really good. And there's definitely, like we've said with all this, like, I love that they're trying something, uh, that they're not, yeah. like, that part of it is good. And uh, sort of unequivocally, I'm very, I, I would rather things like this exist and make me a little nervous than things not exist at all and make me be even more nervous that this platform that I make my living on is just stagnant. So I'm definitely excited that it exists. And it's, interesting too to think about how having to think about my like my, all my customers from the perspective of what are they worth to me 
is like the immediately thought, maybe this is just like me and my numbers brain where I think about these things, but essentially what it comes down to is I now have to, in a very concrete way, say, what is a customer worth to me? Because I can now, in many ways, pay that amount of money to acquire that customer, or at least have a promising venue with which to acquire them. And so if I can say, you know, a new user is worth 50 cents to me, and I can come into the search ads page and pay, you know, 49 cents for that user, I'm coming out ahead. I, as soon as I can understand and wrap my arms around what, like, th- these are all like the terms, like the average value per of each customer and those kinds of things. Once I can do that, I can sit down and say, okay, I'm just going to pay as long as I break even or slightly come out ahead, I can keep putting, you know, it's, it's the end of this weird cycle where I can just keep taking money out of the app and putting it in to a point. Mm-hmm. And maybe the value of my customers will go down at a certain point as you do that. Like maybe there's a dilution effect, but overall it certainly is a very intriguing way. And maybe it's a good thing for, you know, for us as app developers to be forced to think of our apps in a more tangible business sense in that way, that it isn't this kind of vague crafty thing that I'm sort of like, I don't really know the value of. It's kind of like, I just, I make this stuff and I put it out in the world it's like, no, each, I can sit down and say, I get this much revenue from this many users. That means each user is worth this much to me, so I can pay up to this amount to acquire new ones. And that's, that's maybe a good thing for us to have to think about. And I think it can help, it can help newcomers. Like everyone's a little bit worried, like, what's this going to do to like, the little guys? I think this will actually help newcomers give them an option that if they wouldn't otherwise be visible for a search query, give them a way to get in there. You know, like that, I think this actually could be really good if done right. And it looks pretty promising so far, so we'll have to see. All right, and finally, we wanted to very briefly talk about the uh, the app review times being formally acknowledged. You know, we said uh, that this would be great if this sticks around, and one of the ways to, see, to make sure it'll stick around is if Apple formally acknowledges it in public, and they did. So fast app review is probably sticking around, and that's great. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks to Braintree for sponsoring, and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye.